And how do we get free from our bondages and habits and addictions and hang-ups that trips us up? Number one, we have to recognize that we have an issue. Secondly, we have to realize who has the power to deliver you. And third, you have to reach out to the deliverer, that's Jesus Christ. He will set you free. Jesus died that we might be free or released from the power of sin. And he paid the penalty for us that provides the forgiveness that gives us a new life. I once was blind, but now I see. This is Jerry G. Martin, and welcome to the light of the world. Before we came into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, we too were walking in darkness. Join us today as we share this message with you and walk in the light of God's Word. If there ever was a person that walked the earth who knew what his purpose was, it was Jesus Christ. He was focused, he was disciplined. He knew that his time on earth would not be long. He says, I'm not going to be here long. I don't have time to waste. When he began his ministry, he got right to the point of why he came. He came to change people's lives and give them hope and a future. He's still doing that today. He changed lives and he gives help and hope. The main reason that people don't come to Jesus Christ for help and hope is that they cannot see what he has made available to them. Quite often when we talk to people about the Lord or about biblical principles or what God requires, their response is, I don't see it that way. Well, we can get a glimpse of how Jesus started out in the book of Luke again. He said these words in the book of Luke chapter 4, verse 14. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. People heard about him. He taught in their synagogues, their churches. Everyone praised him. And he went up to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day... He went into the synagogue. He went to church, as was his custom. Jesus went to church regularly. Just thought I'd give you a hint. He didn't miss because he stayed out late the night before. He didn't miss because he said, you know, I went last week. I don't know why I got to go every week. It was his custom, and as he stood up to read, the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, and he read this again, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he, God, the Father who has all power and all all authority, has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom. For the prisoners, in case they are bound by drugs or alcohol or pornography, he says, I can set you free. And recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And in verse 18, summarizes Jesus' ministry. And there are four things in there that depicts the desperate condition of needy 
sinners whom God seeks to rescue by sending his son, Jesus Christ. See, many people imagine themselves to be rich or free or healthy or unhindered. You talk to people and ask them how they're doing. They say, I'm all right. And sometimes I've talked to people and I've asked them, how are you? They say, I'm doing well. And then I look at them and take a moment and look at them in the eye and say, how are you really doing? And then they'll say, well, I'm having some issues. It's easy to say we're all right when we're not all right. But we can say, you know, I'm rich, I got money, I'm free, I'm healthy, I'm unhindered. But until we receive the salvation that Jesus Christ brings, we are actually poor, we are prisoners, we are blind, and we are oppressed. You just don't know it. You can't see that. Only through Jesus Christ can we break free and be rescued to enjoy the new life that Christ offers. So the first thing Jesus would do is preach the good news to the poor. The good news are for those who are poor in spirit. And we're not talking about just financially poor. You can be rich and still be poor. If you find yourself barely making it day to day, there's good news for you. If your life is without meaning and you're just going through the motions, there is good news for you. You don't have to be broke to be poor. Anthony Bourdain was poor in spirit. He just committed suicide. Kate Spade had a lot of money, but she was poor in spirit and couldn't find a reason to keep living. There may be somebody listening to me right now who, if the truth will be known, you are poor in spirit. You look like you got it together, but if the truth be known, you're poor in spirit. You just barely made it. The good news is that God offers sinful people eternal life. And Jesus said, it is the abundant life. He says, I've got a life for you that is worth living. Secondly, Jesus said, I will proclaim, proclaim freedom or release to the captives. He delivers us from sin and death. He delivers us from evil and demonic forces. He delivers us from bondages and strongholds and habits and, and, and hang-ups and things that we can't seem to break free of. He delivers us from that. We talked about that last week. The Bible tells us in John chapter 8, verse 35, if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. Or if, I, if he was in my neighborhood where I grew up, it would go like this. If the Son set you free, you show not free. So if you want to be free, let the Son, Jesus Christ, set you free. And how do we get free from our bondages and habits and addictions and hang-ups that trips us up? Number one, we have to recognize that we have an issue. Secondly, we have to realize who has the power to deliver you. And third, you have to reach out to the deliverer, that's Jesus Christ. He will set you free. Jesus died that we might be free or released from the power of sin. And he paid the penalty for us that provides the forgiveness that gives us a new life. Now, that's just my review of the last two weeks' messages. 
in case you weren't here. Jesus is reaching out to the poor and the prisoners. Now he's going to reach out to those who are blind. He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind. So I want to talk about this phrase this morning. I once was blind, but now I can see. In this passage, Jesus is not talking about the physically blind. He's talking about the spiritually blinded. John Newton was born in the early 1700s, and he was pressed into service by the British Royal Navy. And after leaving service, he became involved in the Atlantic slave trade. He gained notoriety for being one of the most profane men the captain has ever met. Now, we heard this phrase, you can cuss like a sailor. Well, it may have come from him. He was admonished several times for not only using the worst words the captain has ever heard, but he also created new ones to extend the limit of his verbal debauchery. He could add to it. In 1748, a violent storm battered his vessel so severely that he called out to God for mercy. And that moment marked his conversion. So with the message that forgiveness and redemption are possible, regardless of how deep you have fallen, he said the mercy of God can rescue you. And he wrote words to this now famous hymn that we sang. And the words was, I once was lost. He says, I once was lost. You know, he said, you saved a wretch. You saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I am found. I was blind. I was blind. I was blind. I was blind, but now I can see. There's somebody in here that can identify with what he's talking about. And if you can identify what he's talking about, just give it a hearty amen. Because before I came to Jesus Christ, I thought I had it all together. I thought I could see my way clear. I thought the way I was going was the right way for me. I mean, I don't know what you're doing. I don't care what you're doing. Uh, I got the way that I'm going. You got the way that you're going. Don't get in my way. I won't get in your way. I grew up in a time when it became what we used to call the, the me generation. It was all about ourselves. There was a song that was published that says, I got to be me. And the Isley Brothers came out and said, it's your thing. Do what you want to do. And we started saying that you can't run my life and you can't tell me how to live. You can't tell me. I, I don't want to do what you got to do. Just let me do my own thing. That's what it's meant by blindness. Blind means lacking in perception, awareness, discernment, and being visionless, having no regard for a rational discrimination or guidance or restriction. I'm blind. I'm just going on. And when you're blind, you're going in a direction. And one of the issues with blindness is that when we become blind, when I say we become blind, sometimes that's progressive. You progressively lose your sight. When you become blind, you're not aware that you're blind sometime until you're blind. Ever since Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, mankind has been walking in darkness. 
And when they were created, they were walking in perfect harmony with God. God created Adam and then he created Eve and then he brought them together and they fellowshiped together. God would come visit them in the cool of the evening. They were in perfect harmony. They walked with God. They walked like God. They were made in his own image and likeness. They had a good time fellowshipping together and God made it so they could just live eternally. They were all walking together, seeing the same thing. Then the serpent, the devil came to Eve and convinced her that the reason that God commanded them not to eat of the tree of the, of the knowledge of good and evil, because he wanted to make sure that they could never make up their own mind about what they want to do. He said, you know what? God don't want you to eat of that tree of the knowledge. Now, what is called the knowledge of good and evil. In other words, he don't want you to know how to decide what you think is going to be good and what you think is going to be evil. You're going to decide that. He don't want you to decide that. He know that if you eat of that, you're going to have the ability to figure it out for yourself and you don't have to listen to him. And Eve said, hmm, you don't want me to figure out why. I was wondering why he told us not to eat that. And the Bible says, when they ate of the forbidden fruit, their eyes were open. Now, they weren't closed before then, but their eyes was open to their own thought process and their own determination of what they want to see. Their eyes were open, and they can decide to follow their own way instead of God's purpose and God's plan for their life. Before then, they was only walking the way that God wanted them to walk, and they were believing God and walking by faith in God, and now they decided they wanted to walk by sight, their own sight, which led them into blindness. Paul says now in the New Testament, for us believers, we walk by faith and not by sight. How we are, we walking by faith in what God says and what God wants us to do and how God's word directs us and not by our own determination. God comes back in the cool of the evening and he's looking for Adam and Eve to fellowship with and they are hiding now, they're hiding. God says, Adam, where are you? And Adam said, well, we had to try to kind of get out the way because we were naked and we need to put something on. Then God asked him a question. God said, let me ask you something. Who told you you were naked? We've been coming together for years and years and all of the eternity since you've been here. Now, who told you, who told you you naked? And then God said, now, did, did y'all have an encounter with the devil? And Adam said, now that he can think on his own, it's that woman you gave me. It's that woman. That's the first instance of finger pointing and blaming somebody else for what you did. Because I can see how to do that now. It's that woman you gave me. And God looked at the woman and said, okay. And she said, hey, it's that snake. And the poor snake, what? Didn't have a leg to stand on. The problem in our world and in our culture today is that most people are walking according to their own understanding. The Bible tells us there is a way, there's a way that seems right. There's a way, it seems right to a man, but the end of it 
is death and destruction. It looked like it's right. It looks good. I mean, it's appetizing. It looked like this is the way I ought to go. Why does it look like that's the way I ought to go? Because everybody else that I know seemed to be going that way. You know, sometimes when you're in a strange place and you don't know where to go, you see where the traffic is going and you follow the traffic. When everybody else seemed like this is what they want to do, they want to live this way, they want to function this way, they want to act this way, they want to think this way. When everybody on your Facebook page is saying something, now you want to say the same thing. Everybody start acting crazy, now you want to act crazy like that, but you don't think it's crazy because everybody else is doing it. It seems right. It seems right because the other person who's going to the same place is telling you it's okay. And when you get to the door of hell, that's going to be the time you're going to say, now I was hanging out with the wrong crowd. The Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death and destruction. You know, I was thinking about this passage about being blind. When I was probably 13 or whatever, I finally discovered that I needed eyeglasses because I, I kept having to sit closer and closer to the blackboard when they had them back in the day, so I could see. I thought I could see. I didn't know anything was wrong with my eyes because that was just my eyes. And I went to get some glasses. I still remember it. I went downtown Houston and got on the, uh, took the bus downtown. When I finally got my glasses, I walked outside and I'm like, wow, I didn't know how bad my eyes were until I got something I could see with. I'm like, I could see the street sign all the way down there, and I could see this, and I could see that. My eyes got progressively worse. It was always the way that I was looking and, and living. My eyes got progressively worse, but I didn't know it because I thought everybody saw like I saw. And that's what the Lord says. You've been living that life. You just think this is the life. This is the way it is. This is the way it goes. This is what people do. This is how we function. That's just the way it is. But that's not just the way it is. God said there is a way that seems right, but the end is destruction. And then he says in the book of Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Don't lean on your understanding. God is telling you, don't lean on your own understanding. Why is he telling you that? Because he said your understanding is bad. You just don't know it's bad. You don't understand how bad it is. So don't lean on your own understanding because you don't know. God says, I know the end from the beginning. I know everything in between. I know what's going to happen. I know what's not going to happen. I know what, where you're headed. Trust me. Now, how many of us have already decided that we're going to do something we got in a bad situation? Most of us are in the situation we're in because of decisions we have made. Oh, let me say that over here. I, I thought I heard an amen over here. Most of us are in the situation we're in because of decisions that we have made. Not anybody else. We made that decision. And the time we made it, we thought it was good. And in order to justify ourselves, we'll blame everything else on why we are in this spot except us. But the Bible says don't lean on your own understanding. Your understanding is bad. My godfather used to tell me a, a bad understanding is a good understanding to the person who has a bad understanding. The Bible also tells us in all of our ways we need to acknowledge the Lord and he will direct our pathway. So he's expecting those of us who are believers to acknowledge him in all of our ways. How many of our ways? 
all of them, not just acknowledge him when, uh, when we get in the ditch and when things go bad, acknowledge him before you get in the car and start taking off. That's how we walk. We walk according to God's principles, according to God's way. In all of our ways, we will acknowledge the Lord and he will direct our path. When unbelievers, people who are blind are saying, I don't need to ask the Lord that. He gave me my own good sense. I know how to think. I know how to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm just living my own life. And we'll say, this is my life and I will live it the way I please. That's what we say. It's my life. I live my life the way I want to live it. It's my life. And God said, if you think it's your life, you're wrong. You got a bad understanding. If it's your life, you can keep it. You're going to have to give it up. You can't keep your life. You can't decide when you're going to live and when you're going to die. You can't decide how healthy you're going to be. You can't decide any of that. And if you think you can, he said, you're wrong. He said, just watch me. God don't have a problem with with you going out and and going down your own pathway in terms of of what you're going to do because God said, I got plenty of time. Either you're going to go to destruction or you'll be back. Here's what the psalmist says in Psalm 82, verse 3. He's talking to the Lord. Defend the cause of the weak and the fatherless. Maintain the right of the poor and the oppressed. Rescue the weak and needy. Deliver them from the hands of the wicked. They know nothing. They understand nothing. They walk around in darkness. There are many people walking around in darkness. How many of you know that when the lights turned out, sometimes we can't see anything? But the longer we stay in the dark, we can kind of make, start making stuff out. Oh, I can, see, I can see a little bit now. So you walk in darkness. You've been in dark a long time. You, can, you think you can see some stuff. You can survive in the darkness Because you can make some stuff out. In fact, how many of you, when you get up in the middle of the night, you don't go turn the light on to go to the restroom. You just know where that path is. Because your eyes was already shut. It was already dark. And when you woke up, you don't say, I can't see nothing. I can't see nothing. You just get on up and you just go all through the house. You know where the restroom is. And that's the way you are when you don't know Jesus Christ. You've been going through that pathway so long. You just are walking. You just think you can see where you're going. But you one blind man walking into another blind man. Y'all going to the women's club. All of y'all blind. Y'all going to that party all night long. You doing them drugs. Y'all hooking up. Y'all doing all kind of stuff. You sleeping with somebody you didn't even know. When you see him the next morning, you wish you were blind. <laughs> Lord, how'd that happen? Now, I wasn't always saved. I was out at 4 o'clock one morning. I was talking to a young lady. My brother tapped me on the shoulder. He said, hey, brother, let it go. You'll thank me in the morning. (laughs) I said, all right, I trust you. I'm walking by faith, (laughs) not by sight. (laughs) Glory to God. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. He saved a wretch like me. When a person is born blind, they don't have the benefit or the blessing of looking into the faces of their loved ones or enjoying the benefits and the glory of God's creation, the stars, the moon, the change of the seasons, the colors that we so richly enjoy. When we are born physically, we are born into darkness and a spiritual blindness. It takes the power of the Holy Spirit that comes into our lives to open our eyes so that we can see what God has prepared for us. It was the songwriter who said, I once was blind, but now 
FDIC. This is Jerry G. Martin, and we certainly hope that you've enjoyed today's broadcast. Thank you for allowing us to come into your homes or automobiles or wherever you are to share the word of the Lord with you. If you would like more information about the light of the world, join us on our website at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. I want to take a moment to invite you to our worship service. We are at 16161 Old Humble Road in Humble, Texas. You can join us Sunday morning at 10 for our live service or join us online again at lowcf.org. I want to share with you that our Christian bookstore is open to the public on our campus. If you're looking for Bibles or books, Sunday school material, or communion supplies, call us at The Beacon, 281-441-2885, 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you, and we'll be with you again next time.